0: in this hour part 2 of our tribute to the iconic vocalist Tony Bennett who passed away last Friday in New York City at the age of 96 yesterday on this program we reprised one of my favorite conversations with Tony Bennett a talk we had back in 2011 when he dropped the album Duets 2 today sounds from an amazing public dialogue we had in 2017 on the release of his book Just Getting Started but he was 90 years of age, after we um, share that conversation with you, I'll be back to offer some final thoughts on my friendship with Tony Bennett. Here now, my 2017 public dialogue with Tony Bennett. To quote the title of his latest book, Tony Bennett is just getting started to celebrate his 90th year. He released a new text and a new album. Tony Bennett celebrates 90. Last December, NBC televised a special concert in honor of his birthday. Before our conversation here now, a clip from his NBC televised special, Tony Bennett celebrates 90. (laughs) I get excited. (laughs) I get excited every time I see you do this, but that NBC special Was something special.
1: Well, thank you very much. It was amazing.
0: I loved it. Yeah. How how did it feel? I mean, you've been feeded so many times around the world, but how did it feel to have all of those stars show up to celebrate you on your 90th? It's unbelievable. Yeah.
1: It's just amazing. All these great artists performing and celebrating my my 90th birthday. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just getting started.
0: I know you must get asked this all the time, and we've had conversations before, but for those who've never heard you talk about this, how is it that you still sound that way? How do you keep that instrument together?
1: Well, I love what I'm doing. Yeah, I always have. As early as a very young person, mm-hmm. I knew that I just love to sing for people. And I feel that way right now. I still have a lot to learn.
0: Mm-hmm. No, you don't. You? Yeah, no, really. Like what? Like what? 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 What are you learning at ninety?
1: The fact that the audiences have been so good to me through the years, mm-hmm. I feel completely content about performing for them, and I, I really feel like I'm just. I feel like I can get better. Yeah, you know, and I, I, I'm. I'm enjoying my life very yeah. much.
0: I don't know that I've ever told you this on camera. I've told you this privately in our conversations, but I don't know that I've ever said it on national television, but I will say it now. Since you mentioned how good the audiences have been to you over the years, I, I, I noted the very first time I saw you in concert many years ago, and I've been honored to see you so many times, but the very first time I saw you, I noticed how after every song, you take your microphone tuck it under your arm and you applaud the audience. And then you pull it back out and say a few words, whatever, and you go on to the next song. Mm -hmm. But I have never seen an artist, certainly one of your stature, who on stage shows his or her appreciation for the audience by clapping for them between every song.
1: Well, they've been wonderful to me. You know, I try to make people feel good Mm -hmm. And when I see that it's starting to happen, I I really get moved on stage when I see that they're enjoying themselves, forgetting their problems. Yeah, it's it, it's a wonderful profession. I love to perform because I love to make people feel good. Mm. That's that's my whole game is trying to make people feel good while I'm on stage. Yeah, where where, where
0: or how did you develop? this appreciation for the audience in the way that you have it. I mean every every artist obviously appreciates having a fan base. But you have a you have a sort of kinetic connection with your audience. How did that develop over the years?
1: When I came out of the army in the Second World War, mm-hmm. I joined the American theater wing. Mm-hmm. And that was a wonderful experience because they told me never to compromise and only stay with quality. Mm. And it's been quite a personal war for me to do quality music because every producer wants to sell it immediately. And I believe their attitude is wrong. They think the public is stupid. Don't give them anything too intelligent. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm, I'm the opposite of that. I found out My mom was my biggest influence Mm -hmm. because I remember very clearly one day she took a dress. She was making dresses Mm -hmm. that feed three children because my father died. And she threw the dress over her shoulders. She said, don't have me work on a bad dress. That sentence changed my whole career. Mm. I decided that I would never... Sing a cheap song just to be get a hit song. Uh-huh. I, I I decided to stay with quality. And by doing that, I ended up falling in love with the Great American Songbook. Uh-huh. <clears throat> that Fred Astaire was really responsible for because. Everybody wrote the best songs for him. <laughs> Cole Porter, <laughs> yeah. John Kern. Cole Porter, the greatest composers, wrote for Fred Astaire. Yeah. And he was my master. To this day, two people that I love so much to watch and be entertained by is... Is Fred Astaire and Charlie Chaplin.
0: Mm, To this day.
1: Those two artists. They just knew how to do it.
0: Yeah. You mentioned Cole Porter. I'm from Indiana, as is Cole Porter. And so he's the pride of Indiana. We. Right. I grew up listening to Cole Porter in Indiana because he was the best. He's one of the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the best. Yeah. When you mentioned earlier that you promised to only do quality stuff, you never wanted to sing a cheap song, you didn't want to do something because some producer begged you to do it to get a quick hit. And so you've been true to who you are. Um, and true to your own artistic genius and artistic muse, but I wonder if I can ask you what for you makes a great song. I've asked this question of other artists and certainly great songwriters like Smokey Robinson. I love to ask great songwriters what for them makes a great song. But you are you are an interpreter of that of that great American songbook. What for you? What for Tony Bennett makes a great song?
1: All I could say is the best example is. A composer by the name of Irving Berlin. Mm-hmm. He just knew how to do it. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Every time he wrote a song, it was simple and yet very profound at the same time mm-hmm. and very lasting. Mm-hmm. You never get tired of hearing a great Irving Berlin song. Simple,
0: profound, and lasting. That's Those are part of the ingredients of a great song for you. Right. Yeah. You've had a lot of collaborations. You've been hanging out with Lady Gaga. She's wonderful. Amy Winehouse did some stuff with you. I mean, you you you, you have collaborated with a number of people through the generations. What, what is it about collaborations? Because you've done so many. What is it about collaborations that you enjoy?
1: Well, it's the individual talents. Mm-hmm. They, certain people have just, they just know how to do it. Lady Gaga, she doesn't even realize to this day how how great she really is. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to be around a long time. I think she's going to do very well in films. She's a, a wonderful person and very honest and, and, and very educated. She plays wonderful piano. Mm-hmm. She records, and more than anything else, the public adores her. They love her. hmm and she's, she, I think hopefully that she'll be around for a very long time yeah. and stay very popular. Yeah. You mentioned
0: Lady Gaga perhaps doing more films into the future, which raises a question for me. There have been so many great artists who decided to do a litany of things. They, 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 they may have started out doing one particular thing. They started out acting and then they started singing or they started out singing and then they started acting or they started here and they did this and that and the other obviously you're a great painter when did you start when did you start painting
1: well when i was about seven or eight years old Mm -hmm. that young my my father died yeah and and uh my relatives were so supportive to help my mom out to raise three children Mm -hmm. and we were very very poor and my relatives would come over to make her feel good and and I was always so grateful that they were so nice to her. And they were the ones that told me, they said, we love the way you, that you, you paint uh-huh. and we love the way you sing. And I said, that's who I am. Uh-huh. It was a wonderful thing that came from my own family. Uh-huh. My relatives. They were so good to my mom.
0: And they, and they, encouraged, they encouraged you to to do more painting?
1: They, they just said, we love the way you paint and the yeah. way you sing. And I just said, that's who I am. Yeah. And to this day, that's all I've been studying is the, the yeah. studying to paint and sing. Paint and sing. And I love it. Yeah. I love it. I paint every day.
0: Still every day? Every day. Gee. <laughs> <laughs> you make me feel like a slacker, man. You're making me feel really, really lazy if you're oh, getting up no, every no, day. Oh,
1: no, no, no. You're not... I watch you every night. Come yeah, on.
0: No, man, <laughs> you're making me feel lazy. you you painting every single day, man. And, 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 and so, like, what does, are you, do you paint different things in different moods? Like, when you get up and paint every day, like, is there an agenda? You just start, you pick up a paintbrush and just go. Like, what are you painting every day?
1: Well, fortunately, I live right across the street from Central Park. Right. Which is right in the heart of Manhattan. Right. But it's nature. Uh-huh. So my, my boss, my God, is nature. Mm-hmm. It's everything. Oh, yeah. it, it, no matter what an artist comes up, to, comes up with, including Picasso or anyone else, it's not as good as the creativeness of nature. Mm-hmm. Nature is unbelievable. And the more you study it, the more you can't. We're, we're just a student of nature. Yeah. Nature is the boss. It tells us just what to do.
0: So in the morning when you and wake up. What to do? So, and so, I hear you. But not to do, yeah. <laughs> so that's funny. <laughs> that, I could take that 18 million different ways, but I, I take your point. <laughs> so if, if nature is all of that, so all you have to do is wake up in the morning and look out the window at Central Park and you get inspired to do something.
1: That's exactly right. And that's why I live there. Yeah. I live right across the street from Central Park. Right. And right there is nature. And nature, it makes you realize that the the folly of man. Mm. You, you see all these gigantic skyscrapers, mm-hmm. and it's the opposite of nature. Mm-hmm. Nature is never straight mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. mathematical. Yeah, it's strictly natural all the time. The trees are natural. It's every, free. Every tree is different. Yeah. Every blade of grass is 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 different. Mm-hmm. Every sky is different, and it's fabulous to just keep watching nature. That's the boss. That's yeah. that is the master painter. Yeah, is nature.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you do you paint on the road or just when you're home?
1: I, play every, I paint everywhere. wherever every you are. You just yeah.
0: pull out your brushes and yeah. Has it always been color? Do you do sketches? Do you do do all of it yeah, all, all I just uh,
1: study anatomy I study yeah. people and uh, and composition and, and it's, a, it's it's a wonderful way to live
0: yeah we, we, we start this conversation by you by you saying and I was gonna say jokingly but you weren't joking at all knowing you so, <laughs> so but I won't say jokingly but is there anything musically? Anything musically that you haven't done? I hear your point about the painting. So every day you wake up, you look out the window, wherever you are, you see something in nature, it inspires you to do something new. I get that about the painting. Is mm-hmm. there anything musically at 90 that you haven't done yet?
1: That's a good question. There's a, an automatic search about that. Uh-huh. So I can't say this is what I'd like to do. Sure sure, 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 sure. I, I, I don't know yet.
0: You'll see it. You, you'll know I, when you I, see like it. i like
1: to get involved with different... I, I, I met a... Recently, I met a brand-new trumpet player from Queens uh-huh. who's fantastic. Right, and He's very subtle and very melodic and yet very muted. Uh-huh. It's not like a loud trumpet. Right. It's kind of, he, he understands interpretations. Mm. I love jazz. Right. I love it because it. it's spontaneous. It's very honest it's the most honest fo- form of, of performing because you just think for the second, the very moment of how you feel at that particular moment. Mm. And it's, it's a great experience to eat, not only do it yourself, but listening to other artists that do that yeah. and how they feel that moment and make something out of it. So, so, when, so when you
0: meet the right people, or the right opportunities come up for you, that's how you figure out what the next step is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's how it works. It's
0: organic and authentic. It just kind of happens.
1: It's proper involvement.
0: Yeah. What do you hope that your audiences have taken away from seeing you all these years? You talked earlier about the joy they give you. What do you hope they take away from your performances?
1: I can't tell you how thrilled I am, because when you first start, you really don't know what to do. It mm. takes about nine years to really learn what to leave out, what to put in. and mm-hmm. I, j- I just can't really figure it out. I, I just love to make people feel good. Yeah. That's, that's my premise. Mm-hmm. When I walk on that stage, I want everybody to end up feeling good. And when they feel good, I walk away feeling so content about that. I made them forget their problems yeah. for that one hour that I'm on stage. So
0: as long as they feel better leaving than when they came. Exactly. You're content. Exactly. You're content, yeah. Are there nights when you walk off the stage when you feel like you were not in tip top shape? Do you ever feel that way or do you always feel like I killed it again tonight?
1: No, I can't wait to hit the stage. Yeah. I, love
0: to, I love to people.
1: <laughs> I like to make them feel you good. You just
0: can't wait to get out there. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. I love it. On the, nights when, on the nights when you don't feel like you're in perfect pitch or in great voice, how do you navigate through those nights when you don't feel that you're at your...
1: I don't show up. <laughs>
0: I love that. I love that. <laughs> so if, you, if you're not at a 10, you don't go on stage. It's like, I love that. That, that is funny. I, I'll remember that line for as long as I live. If I'm not at the top of my game, I just don't show up. <laughs> okay, I g got, I gotta get myself together after that. <laughs> Tell me about this CD, your 90th your 90th tribute CD. 90th birthday CD. That's there's a lot of good material on that thing, man.
1: Oh yeah. There's
0: a lot of good material on there. Well
1: there's a lot of great performers that I'm I am i am involved with on this album. Yeah. I haven't heard it yet, but I know it's there's a lot of <laughs> good there's a lot of stuff in it that I've done through the
0: years. I guess, I guess at this point in your career. You get you. You ever get tired of hearing yourself sing? "No, yeah, you still you still like I, the way I,
1: I won't release it if it isn't
0: yeah yeah right yeah in there you know." But it, but you're still but you're still happy with the way you sound all these years later. Yeah, you're happy with your. Boss. I've had
1: very good training. Right at the American Theater Wing, when I came out of the army in the service, right, I joined the American Theater Wing, and it was the best thing that There's ever a lot of happened. Good training over the years, because boy, they they taught me well about yeah never compromise and do, any, do do everything but quality yeah never cheat the public give them quality 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 you've
0: done that for 90 and that's, years that's
1: man. what i like to do yeah
0: i want to close by referencing your book again uh, tony bennett just getting started the book written with scott simon can i just tell you i love the way you did this book there are two or three things i love about it one thank you i love all the art this is i don't know if you can see this jonathan but just it's just art all in this thing all the art, of course, done by uh, Mr. Bennett himself. But it's just Thank you. The book is just full of art, number one. But number two, I love how this book tells the stories of your friendships and your relationships with all kinds of people in your life. I think of, I mean, you, you're just, going, just going through this, this book uh, and looking at the names of the people that you've known and the stories you tell about your friendships with them. Ella Fitzgerald. Wow. Um, Jackie. My neighbor. Jackie. Uh, Jackie Kennedy. Frank Sinatra, Harry Belafonte, Martin Luther King Jr. I mean, the time you spent with Dr. King supporting and helping to raise money for the civil rights movement. Well, that was
1: because of Harry Belafonte. Yeah. Because he he told me to do it. I said, I don't, I said, I I, I fought a war. I said, I don't, I'm not. When he told me what was going on with the racial prejudice, I decided that I would go with him. And, uh, it changed my life. Yeah, it's funny. I,
0: I, was, I was about to say it's got to be looking back on your life for all that you've accomplished musically. That's got to be one of the high points of your life. That when the country really needed you, you stepped up and did your part in the civil rights movement. Right.
1: Yeah, it was Harry Belafonte who described to me some of the tragedies yeah. that way, the way people were being treated. Yeah. And when I heard that, I just said. Uh, At at first, I said, I don't want to fight. I did. I just fought a war. Yeah, (laughs) I don't want to fight anymore.
0: But if you need my help, I'll be there. And you showed up
1: when he told me what was really going on. I said, I'll go with you. Yeah. And we took that walk.
0: Yeah. Well, you've been a good friend to a lot of people over the years. A good friend to a lot of people and the stories, um, the stories in this book underscore that. And um, you've been good to all your fans. You give us a lot of good music, a lot of good times. I'm
1: your biggest fan.
0: Well, I'm your biggest fan. This is one big mutual admiration society, man. So I, I appreciate it. I got goosebumps listening to that conversation last night. I hadn't heard it since it first aired in 2017. That conversation would end up being my last public dialogue with Tony Bennett. Quietly, he had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's one year earlier in 2016, but he insisted on coming on my show one more time a year after his diagnosis. That's love, y'all. Real love. They tease me around here that I've talked to everybody in my broadcast career because whenever somebody uh, notable passes away, we dig into our vault and pull out some pretty amazing conversations I've been privileged to conduct over the years. Well, obviously, I haven't interviewed everybody, but I have been blessed uh, to converse with a whole lot of somebodies. As a kid growing up in Indiana, I could never have imagined meeting some of these icons, let alone befriending them.